0: Hello, and welcome to the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. My name is Sammy Haj Asad, and with me are a pair of my best friends when it comes to the automotive industry.
1: I've got my good buddy, Benjamin Hunting. Say hi to the people, Ben. Greetings, human listeners, and I want everyone to take note that Sammy qualified that whole best friend appellation (laughs) he just laid on me. And I also have another good friend of mine. This is Chad
0: Kirchner. Say hi to everyone else, Chad. Hi, everyone else, Chad. (laughs) Uh, All three of us are automotive journalists You can find our work on a number of sites I mean, you can find most of my work on autoguide.com But Ben, he writes for some other publications Including Driving.ca and Haggerty. And Chad, I've seen your work at Autoguide as well, but I've seen it recently on The Drive and some other sites. What am I missing here? Uh,
2: the Drive, PickupTrucks.com, uh, Autoguide, obviously. Mm. Um, and I don't remember. So a lot of places. Anybody that's willing to write Chad a paycheck can get <laughs> Chad's content.
0: There you go. S- Sammy,
2: are you still contributing to combat ha- handguns?
0: Uh, No, not anymore. Not after the that last time. The that was
1: a tense meeting. <laughs> It was tough.
0: I mean, I had to answer a whole bunch of questions that I was not prepared to answer. Um, Anyways, this week we have a whole bunch of new cars to talk to you about. Actually, some trucks. More trucks than cars. Uh, Isn't that right,
1: guys? I think so. I think the most interesting thing we're going to talk about today is what Chad did. I want to say last week. Was it last week, Chad? It was, yeah and and chad, no, it, it, it it was pretty amazing uh do you want us you want to let us know it? so i i'm just going to cut to the chase chad went and had an adventure the likes of which um i've never experienced and i am super excited to hear about it
2: i mean i guess i can talk about it no i'm kidding um <laughs> so last week uh not not this not this week of of giving thanks um but I was in uh, Morocco actually with uh, Nissan Nissan's global um LCV which is their light commercial vehicle segment so um a lot, of, a lot of the listeners here will think, oh, well, Nissan, they make, you know, Titans and Frontiers. And they're not necessarily a huge player, especially in the U.S. market. Uh, that's true. There's something like two and a half, two point four 2.4 percent, something around that line, somewhere between two and three percent of mm-hmm. total truck sales. Um, however, globally, the nissan Renault mitsubishi alliance is uh, large, quite large. Mm-hmm. And... um Part of the idea of this program was to bring in journalists from all over the world, so it wasn't just a group of Canadians and Americans, but it was also uh, some Europeans, uh, middle Eastern uh, journalists as well as some Asian journalists, and they all came in and over a couple of different days, we spent a time we spent time in all of Nissan's body on frame vehicles, so that is so that would be um, uh, not that wouldn't be frontier because we didn't send one over there, but it was basically Navarra. Which is the newer version of the frontier, um, the Terra, which is the new uh, Asian markets. Um, I guess similar to a Pathfinder, but not quite a Pathfinder. Um, is it smaller than a Pathfinder? Uh, wheelbase is, I believe, the same. I think the overhangs are a, a bit different. Okay. Um, and then uh, Patrol, and then Titan. So a little bit of a little bit of everything.
0: Okay, so I want to start with what's familiar first. That would be like the Titan. Um, I think we've all driven the Titan before. Has anything changed to it recently?
2: Uh, for the So they, due to logistical issues, um, as in it takes like two months to send a, a car over on a boat, um, we had 2018s there, but the Titan has changed for 2019. Uh, the biggest change, in addition to a couple of new colors, is the uh, infotainment system uh has been updated to Nissan's latest head unit. So it supports Android Auto and CarPlay. And mm-hmm. they also have a partnership with Fender Audio now. Instead of
0: instead of Rockford Fosgate?
2: Yes. So instead of the oh. Walmart brand Rockford Fosgate, <laughs> it is now it is now Fender. Um I got a chance to listen to it briefly at uh, State Fair, Texas. Um I thought it sounded pretty good. But until you know but until you kind of have your own music and really what you're familiar with listening to, you know, it's kinda hard to Hard to say for sure. But I I just want to back things up to when you
1: said it takes two months to to ship a truck across the ocean on a boat. I always pictured this event as being the kind of thing where you were loaded into the back of like a Hercules and (laughs) – you were sitting in the truck and they opened the back door of the plane while you were over the over Morocco and they just mm-hmm. you parachuted out fast right. and furious style into the desert because I think what we're really glossing over here is you didn't just drive like in a Moroccan city you were out in the dunes with these trucks right like yeah. you were living so, the desert lifestyle
2: we were living it out the desert lifestyle so when you think Morocco I mean a lot of people will think of the city as some um, Casablanca for a lot of reasons uh and Marrakesh to sort of just sort of big uh, cities um, we were nowhere near there we're actually we were actually within 30 kilometers of the uh, Algerian border Uh, so we were at basically the the entrance to the Sahara so um, while part of our drive route did take us through some villages and things like that I mean it was mostly out in the middle of absolute nowhere Um, and part of that absolute nowhere was the sands of the Sahara so uh, it was a really cool experience from that point I mean I've never been to Africa so um but unfortunately, we did not you know parachute out of planes or anything it required a it required just a simple um c r j nine hundred flight from from madrid to to arashidia and that's it but um yeah it took several it took several months and a lot of customs dealing with in order to get the vehicles uh to the african continent so especially oh. <clears throat> especially Titan, because mm-hmm. they not only did they bring titan along but they brought along spare parts and mm-hmm. they also brought the um uh, what is it? The not the Titan base camp. That's the truck. The they did a Armada um, concept off or Overlander thing. That oh they also yeah, bought. yeah, yeah. Is that the and one that was towing the telescope? It, no, that was that's a little bit different. But okay. Um, but yeah. So apparently, when you declare a vehicle, you have to declare all the modifications on it as well. Um, so there's apparently a, it's it's time consuming. So unfortunately, we didn't have 19. Um, titans there however mechanically there's no difference between the 18 and the 19.
1: so what, okay cool what was yeah. it like driving in the desert is what i assume. Especially sammy was about to ask
0: especially <laughs> with something as big as the titan because so, the titan can sometimes feel a little bit larger than the usual um quarter ton pickup so pickup. uh
2: so titan's huge um Everybody was like, Oh my gosh, look at that big truck, right? Like we had European journalists there that just like it it's kinda like when we it's it's unobtainium for them. So mm-hmm. a big American V eight engine in yeah, a big honking truck is I mean it makes people giggle. Uh the this same this the way,
0: endurance v eight or the uh the other ones? These, the, these
2: were the five point six liter yeah, the endurance v eight. Nice. Uh none of the XDs with the diesel came over. So um but actually, I'm familiar in to uh, of offroading in sand with Titan. Okay, um, I've been to sand dunes up in northern Michigan in one humble so, brag. So, but it, but it's, my point being is, it kind of feels like a, a nice warm blanket when you're driving all of these vehicles that are com- completely new to you. Um, even though, yes, the Titan was the heaviest of the group, and uh, yes, it requires a little bit different driving style in order to to drive in the dunes. Like I felt comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. I knew that I wouldn't get stuck in that truck where, you know, I was, I was ner- potentially nervous in some of the other ones. Um, so it's just big though. And like even the roads, so in, in the, uh, in the villages and cities and stuff, um, roads are pretty narrow. There was one town that we drove through that apparently was where the king of Morocco was born. Mm-hmm. Um, so that city had, in addition to a whole bunch of security checkpoints to get in and out, um, also it was probably the most modern city that we, that we went through. So roads were nice and wide and paved and, uh, um, it, you know, it, it felt very like money was spent there. A lot of the other, a lot of the other cities and villages and stuff that we went to, I mean, none, none of them were, none of them were cities, towns probably a stretch in a lot of cases, but, uh, the roads are just narrow. But when you get out into the middle of nowhere, the roads are still narrow. They've, they never widen them. So, um, you may see, you may see a, um, a large, uh, you know, kind of like a van hauling kind of a truck with. With just a bunch of bamboo and straw and hay or whatever on them, that are just completely overloaded, and they take up the whole road. Even though here in the United States, we would just have paved the road a little bit wider for those bigger trucks.
1: So how did you how did you deal with it? Did you have to get out of the way or like what's um, what's the etiquette when you're on a Moroccan road and and you're at like a you're having a standoff basically?
2: Well, I mean, I don't want to use the term you know like Mexican standoff, but um, you just. It, 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 they weren't so narrow that you felt like you were going to die. But most of our driving, to be honest, was done off-road. The course that they had set up for us, uh, we spent very little time on paved road. Um, partially because the speed limits are ridiculously low in Morocco. Um, the highest speed limit I saw at one point was 80 kilometers. Um, most of the time we were restricted to 60. Wow, so and, that's
1: between like 32 and 50 miles an hour. Yeah. And, and, and was it enforced? Like
2: Yes, Really? So we would we would we would occasionally come on uh, come up on random police checkpoints that were, you know, that you slow down to twenty kph to drive through, and you know, there's guys with rifles sitting there, you know, making sure you don't violate the speed. And uh, like, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. So these checkpoints with rifles are
2: just for speed? <laughs> from my understanding, they were, yeah, that they were. I mean, they probably were looking for other things, but we were told, you know, one of the thing is a you know, police checkpoint, you know, for speed. Like, we were yet. told. We were told to not speed. It was made very <laughs> clear to us to not speed.
1: Sammy, have you ever had someone like point a rifle at you for speeding purposes?
0: Uh, no, not for speeding purposes. Not at all, actually.
1: Um, I, the weirdest encounter I ever had with a gun on a press trip was in Germany. And uh, it was maybe two years ago. And we were driving. It was a mix of uh, new Cayennes and Boxsters. And I was in a Boxster with Mesa Obe a colleague of mine from montreal and we came to this like i don't know if i told this story on the podcast before but we came to this tiny river and i mean like you could have swam swam across this river in probably three or four minutes but they had a ferry that was a cable operated ferry that would take cars across i don't know why they didn't just build a bridge but there you have it and uh maybe some kind of traffic thing with uh with traffic on the water but we're waiting there for the for the ferry and we drive on the ferry and it's just it's it's literally like a platform that goes back and forth. And halfway across, I noticed that the guy on the other side who's operating the ferry has a huge pistol strapped to his belt. And he doesn't have a uniform, he's not a police officer. He's just a dude in his like maybe early 50s operating a ferry with a very visible firearm. And I've never figured out what that was about. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, I actually so the, was wondering if any of the checkpoints if they had any interest in this ginormous uh, Nissan Titan because I don't think it's a it's a it's not a common sight over there. Is
2: it? uh, no, it's not. Um, so the 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 locals were all actually really friendly, including uh, most of the police that we did encounter if we had to talk mm-hmm. to them. Um, but really they kind of left us all alone. We were we were told apparently it's fairly common because we were still in a touristy ish part of the country. Um, mm-hmm. when you do sand dune adventures, when you buy those prepaid packages, like you end up where we were more or less. Okay. Um, okay.
1: Did you run into any tourists when you were there?
2: Uh, we did turns out at the hotel. We were at the one night I was talking to somebody who, uh um, spent five years at cars.com and like we have mutual oh, like we have mutual colleagues <laughs> that's cool that and is like, so weird you, you you went to morocco right <laughs> and, and you can't a, escape the internet <laughs> yeah and i found somebody that lives in chicago works for cars.com like we have we have the same editors on some stuff like wow did you guys argue about sports uh no we did not <laughs> that's no stick staying away from that that's amazing um, but, uh, no, we were actually told, like, uh, tourists and stuff will sometimes get shaken down for, for 20 euro from cops. <laughs> but um, I think they realized how big of a group we were. and Plus, you were like, strapped, right, Chad? I mean, yeah, that was, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we even had security there. I don't think we did. But uh, we had a doctor, but that's about it. Um, but, yeah, it was just, I think they knew that we were a big group. I think they knew what we were doing there. And I think that it was more of like, all right, we're just going to let them kind of do their thing but all of the all of the police are like dressed to the nines like they're full like what we would consider like dress blue uniforms here in the u.s like just as their normal like day-to-day patrol stuff so um i it's really i mean it, it is it is a dictatorship right there's a king there's a you know there's a monarchy like that's I'm sorry, a monarchy, not a <laughs> I was, like, I was like, wait a I'm minute, sorry. is that yeah, really no, the I'm term? Sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. Um, that's my bad. Um, but, you know, it's a monarchy. There's, you know, there's a king. There's a royal family. Um, none of our, a lot of our phones didn't work properly when we got there because the week before we got there was daylight savings time, the changeover, and the Moroccan king decided he's like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. Oh, good so for him. So this, this didn't do it anymore. Um, which means Chad may have been uh an hour late to a briefing. Sorry, Wendy. Um, hmm. but uh. Yeah, so it's uh, – the one really cool thing in the cities uh, that I actually wish that we would do in the rest of the world is all of the traffic lights have timers on them. But they're not just red light timers or green light timers. It's both. So as soon as the light turns green, you see a countdown, 59, 58, 57. So, you know, uh Audi's spending all this money on smart um, traffic light tech. And it's like, what if we just put a counter on the traffic light? Then you'll know when it turns green or when it turns red. That's <laughs> true. So it's like they've already got this problem licked in the third world. It's you know it's back in Germany or in the U.S. that that we don't have the problem. But uh, no, I mean Titan's huge. Like it's a big American V8, and uh, it sounds awesome, right? Uh, most of the vehicles, two of the two of the vehicles we had there were V8s, the Patrol, and then the Titan, and the other two were diesels. Um, but it, it just yeah, I mean it it kills you know it kills the dunes and whatever. It's just it's big and heavy, but. Um, a lot of the PR folks liked riding in it because there's actually leg room in the back, so when you have to spend the whole day, you know, with journalists, like it's more comfortable back there than it is in the back of a, any of the other vehicles. So.
1: Especially bumping around off road, I could imagine. Like, did did you did you have any problems off road? I don't mean pro- I don't mean like was it problematic, but like what was it like driving in the dunes? You said a lot of the driving is off road. How mm-hmm. did these things? How did the non Titans deal with with all that sand? And, so, and were there any specific challenges associated with that type of desert driving that maybe you hadn't run into before?
2: So we had run into – I mean, so we used all sorts of different terrain types, um, including a water crossing, which definitely wasn't supposed to be a water crossing and wasn't a water crossing when they came through in their uh, their sighting tour. Okay. But they had a uh, they had a once-in-a-20-year rain uh, mm-hmm. just days before we got there. Wow. So cool. uh, it actually rained on us when I was there. Um <laughs> So for a part of the country a part of the world that gets half an inch of rain a year, like they pretty much got all of that and more a day or two before we got there. Um, so I don't want to bring up a Toto song, but <laughs> it, there's there is some uh, blessing the rains that I think happened or or cursing cursing them. I thought Mom, you were going to
1: bring up Rosanna. <laughs> no one brings up Rosanna. Yeah.
2: Um, OK, so. Now okay, that we're so special, anything special you asked about special, like yeah. um, off-road terrains. Uh, sand is a pain in the butt because it's mm-hmm. fun, it's challenging. When you get it right, it's very rewarding. But there's when you, when you're going to climb over a dune, like you have to pick a right speed. You have to go, be going fast enough to get to the top of the dune, but not so fast that you launch over the dune. Um,
1: did you launch over the dune? You can
2: tell us. Yeah. <laughs> I, d- I did not. No. Uh... Uh, I have. I have just not on this particular right. particular trip. Um, and then you also have to like if you start to feel like you're getting a little stuck, like there's a point where you got to give it more power, but then you have to know when to stop giving it power because right. all, all you're doing is burying yourself into the sand. Yeah. yeah. So um, it can be quite a challenge. Uh, a couple of the a couple of the V8s had perhaps a minor issue that we're waiting to hear back from engineering about. So I don't want to go into a lot of detail just because I don't have specifics. Um, but they didn't necessarily like having power consistently in okay. the sand. Um, I didn't have an issue, but there was, a, uh, at least one patrol that maybe had a little bit harder over time, but, um, then the diesels, like the, the Terra and the, uh, the Navara are they're super light, especially compared to, uh, to Titan. Yeah. So, um, the Navara, I just... mean,
0: anything on this planet, like a battleship <laughs> is lighter than a Titan. <laughs>
2: um the navara is just it was it was on the dunes it was great it was fantastic because mm-hmm. it would hardly ever bear it would hardly ever get into the sand it was just it's a it's a billy coat i think is what we started is what we started calling it cool. any terrain you kind of just throw out it, it just it just handles it and I
1: love that. that was sammy's nickname when he first started growing a beard as a teenager right <laughs> um
0: i wanted to to talk a I little like bit these weren't on that one these weren't like uh like special trim levels. They weren't like like if Toyota was doing this, these would all be like T R D pros or TRD off roads or T R D super duper, whatever they call those so, trim levels.
2: So the patrol the patrol and the Terra are just normal trim, whatever right. whatever they're top. I mean they were both top trims of those vehicles. Like yeah um the uh titan was the pro 4x right okay so it's got uh, a little bit more ground clearance right right i wouldn't go far, as far as saying that it's a trd pro competitor yeah. but it's it's more than just the the regular the regular uh titan but the pro 4x has the locking rear the locking rear diff so oh, okay. i think that's that's part of that with that the patrol the patrol had the locking rear end um mm-hmm. and then uh so did the terra because the terra is built on the navara platform so it's got all of the Navarra underpinnings and then um the only one that was like special was the navara the navara was the uh the end guard trim which is their higher level trim uh with the arctic trucks the at32 pack um so it adds a little bit of ground clearance much more off-road focused tires a front locker inclu- along with the rear locker um and some of the trucks even had waterproof snorkels wow. so like like legit water snorkels not what not what um uh the zr2 has on the bison or not the new trd pro Oh, trash talking the snorkel. bison they're because they're not they're not they're not water snorkels they're for their desert air, air intakes and okay while, while those are useful because if you're driving through a lot of a, a lot of dust and dirt like you don't want to in your air intake so the higher you can get the clean air from the better but you can't for it doesn't it doesn't improve the water fording of that vehicle it's okay.
1: not it's not sealed. It's like if you tried to use your your smartphone in the shower versus when outside in the rain, right? Like it's not gonna you'll you'll get away with it in the rain, but as soon as you get you know, as soon as you get the water up to the level of that air intake, you're gonna start
2: taking in water. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so uh, yeah, so that was probably the most off road focused of the group. There were other regular Navaras there, our um our support crew, and the people leading our convoys were in just regular Navara trims. No special outfits, um, and they were doing all the same stuff that we were doing in the in the Arctic truck. So I don't think that the I, I I don't think the Arctic trucks version added anything other than a cool factor. Yeah. To what we were doing, um, but yeah. a lot of the sand driving was pretty was pretty intense. Okay. Um But did you run just, into
1: any giant scorpions? Like, is yeah, that a thing? Or like, I, I'm talking like scorpions so, the size of a Navarra. So here's yeah. the thing about,
2: here's the thing about scorpions. Scorpion um, king. The, king. the yeah. smaller. Yeah. Smaller, <laughs> Uh so actually speaking of the mummy, um one of the place, one of the places that we went one of the places we went is called I believe it was like Mummy Hill or Mummy Mountain and it's actually Ooh. where they filmed the mummy.
1: I thought that's so. where is
2: that where Brendan Fraser was born? Yeah. <laughs> it, it may have been, yeah. No, wait, mummy Canadian. Hill Canada. <laughs> But no, um, so they so they legit filmed the movie there. Um but I digress. The uh scorpions uh, think about scorpions the smaller ones are the da- the more dangerous ones. Um so like if you're in if you're like in um Arizona you know the little clear ones that you can hardly see if those sting you you're you're not going to have a good morning. I thought uh, the
1: most dangerous scorpions were the ones with an education.
2: <laughs> anyway,
1: uh, okay, Chad. We gotta
0: yeah. talk. We gotta change subjects from the from the Titan into into. I want to talk about the um, patrol. No, the patrol. See, I it's love scorpion, scorpion patrol. I'm big. So yeah, yeah. Let's. let's I want to hear the scorpion, the scorpion story. <laughs> this is not the unnamed scorpion podcast. No, no. Let's, people.
1: Sammy. We'll get to the we'll get to the non scorpion content. But <laughs> okay. just give Chad
2: thirty seconds to talk about the giant scorpion. Anyways, I don't know if you know uh, Kevin from the trucks team, but. <laughs> He definitely uh, stepped on a scorpion in his room. Uh, oh wow! Um, and then it it's scurried away. So I don't, I'm surprised it didn't sting him. But then he saw it before he killed it. He took a picture, and it was the biggest scorpion I've ever seen. Wow! Like, <laughs> like if I would have, if I would have seen that picture, if it was not the morning that we were leaving, I don't think I would have been able to sleep at night. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know that you, you you every time you visit Morocco, statistically you eat six scorpions in your sleep. Right. Like I think exactly. that's how it is.
2: <laughs> Well, because they got to stay warm, so like they yeah. climb into your shoes and stuff to stay warm, and inside your mouth, right? <laughs> exactly. So that's you know, especially so if you're a snorer or if you have like you know, well, uh, some sort of like COPD or whatever, like you're in trouble. Yep, definitely, definitely. All right, other vehicles.
0: Yeah, talk to me about this patrol because I love. Oh. Uh, I love the patrol like. Uh, a ton it's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite cars uh trucks um and i see it all the time when i go to the middle east and i've also seen like really badass nismo versions of this of this patrol and the patrol has a lot in common with the armada which is what we get in in north america but the the model we get is lacking all of the wicked substance that the model you probably drove has
2: yeah. so um the one we get here is is watered down there's uh, extremely I I, watered down yeah i think the suspension's different we don't get the locking rear end um the patrol that we had um, it had dubai license plates on it um all of the script on like the mirrors and stuff was written in arabic like it came from the middle east market um when it was shipped here uh it's awesome right like it's it's all of the it's luxury it's
0: unstoppable it's it, like it, one of the coolest things
2: it's all that of the luxury means. It's all of the luxury of, like, our Armada, like our uh, Platinum Reserve Armada, except um, you can point it at any kind of a hill and it'll just climb it.
0: So the Armada, as I understand, has both locking and uh, front and and rear locking differentials. It has uh, sway bar disconnects, um, and it has a hydraulic body motion control suspension system. And we don't get any of that. And that's probably what helps this vehicle feel so... I, I would imagine... Is it confident on the sand? Is it confident in the off-roading situations? Is it it's gotta be one of the one of the decent models up
2: there. Yeah, it was not I mean, there. it's still heavy.
0: that
2: Yeah, it add. has a big it has a big V8 in it. Mm-hmm. Um when it comes to all the off-road tech and toys, like there's just a or like a, basically a rotary knob in there that you select like, hey, I want auto or I want four high or I want four low. So maybe it doesn't give you as much granular control over what systems you're using and what systems you're not. But I mean, we didn't have any issue. I mean, we technically didn't have any issues with it. Um, it just, it, you know, and it was comfortable. And it, what's what's cool about it and the suspension that he uses is not on the sand, but just on like the really kind of just dirt and gravel and the other parts of the desert that's not sand. Um, mm-hmm. You could pick a speed right around like forty kilometers and just maintain that speed, and it would just fly across the bumps. Amazing. So like it would just be this. It would just be this nice smooth you know, sort of experience where, yeah, you can tell the car is doing something because, you know, the suspension's working, but, um, it's one of those, it's like the sweet spot speed for, for off-roading and it's, you know, it's super comfortable. It's, you know, got like quad zone climate control and, <laughs> uh, um, you know, it doesn't have massaging seats, but it has pretty much everything else. So yeah. the navigation um, thought, navigation thought we were in the, uh, in the Persian Gulf, but you know, okay. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's, you know, whatever. Actually, the Titan was the only truck that knew what continent where, we were, were on. Yeah, yeah. Is it, so. I think that's like
1: how how the plot for Top Gun 2 is going to start, where they're like, <laughs> the navigation system puts them in international waters, where they, sh- they think they're in international waters, but really they're not. And then Maverick has to has to come out of retirement from being an instructor to save the day. you got to stop posting all these spoilers for Top Gun 2, okay? <laughs> they're more <laughs> like getting... conspiracy theories than spoilers, I think. <laughs> uh, uh,
2: okay, and they, then I... My yeah, favorite. So my favorite was the Navara. If I haven't, yes. made, that, if I haven't made that clear, the um, Navara
0: is another wicked vehicle, and it has a it has a pretty significant place in the global market. It's not just a Nissan Navara. It's a Renault. Um, what's this car called the, the Renault? It's called the Renault Ever. No, Alaskan. Renault Alaskan. Okay. Wait, the, there's two Alaskans
1: because there's a there's a Shev, there's that Chevy Alaskan uh, plow truck too. Hold on, let me double check. Yeah, Alaskan Renault Alaskan. Wow. And it's also the
0: uh, Mercedes-Benz X-Class. Yes, and it's all based on the Navara. Yes. So how good is the Navara?
2: Brilliant. And um, so I just earlier like so the day before I went on this trip, I drove the CR2 Bison in in Arizona. That's. Um, I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could tell you that the Bison was any better than the Navara.
1: Again wow. with the bison put down. No,
2: I enjoyed the bison a lot and I actually really do like that that spool valve, the DSSV suspension mm-hmm. from MultiMatic. I think it really helps with the ride quality. Um but I don't think that anything I don't think I mean it doesn't have anything that the Navara didn't. But what's interesting about Navarra is um it's considered a premium truck in Europe. So like we we look at the frontier here's you know the bargain truck, the nineteen nine ninety it starts at kind of a deal. Um, that's that's not that's that's Hilux and uh um Ranger in Europe. So the Navarras that we were in were almost fifty thousand euro. And Wow. Um, that's a
1: lot of money to pay for a, a, a small truck.
2: Yeah. Um well,
1: small asterisk, right?
2: But. Yeah, I mean it's the biggest truck that you can buy there. It's the you know, those metric ten trucks. But uh so it, and it had you know what what a lot of the European journalists viewed as luxury features, um, you know dual zone climate control and advanced sat nav, um, LED headlights, like all of these sorts of, uh, just a lot of features and stuff that we just don't have on, the American frontier. But, um, you know I I think the ZR2 comparison is an apt one because, I would argue that both trucks are just as capable. Um, the ride quality benefits you get from the ZR2 suspension. You get a different way with the um, the Navara because okay. it has that five coil rear suspension, so instead of you know instead of the leaf springs, it's this, mm-hmm. it's a coil suspension, so it rides nicer. Um, both have the underplate, you know skid plate, skid pad or skid plate protections and all of that stuff. Um, I would say the Calibra is a bit more modern in certain aspects, uh, the navigation system and things like that. But you give me a hill and I, I both are going to climb them pretty well and. Um, if we had the Navara here in the U.S., I think, I think it would be, I I think it would be an interesting argument to have because we're not getting a Ranger Raptor, right? So the most capable sized truck right now is zr 2
1: Well, isn't you know, and we've talked about this in the podcast before. Isn't the Ranger Raptor diesel only?
2: Uh, it is. In- it is now correct. Yes. Okay.
0: So that's why we're not getting it.
2: Well, we're not getting it because the uh, frames don't match up. So while it's the same platform, um, there are certain uh, hard points that don't match up. Okay. Um, so huh. they could they That's... can't they can't physically build it. Um wow. I, I don't know. I wrote about that back in March. Nobody apparently read it because people were just like shocked. People were just shocked a couple of weeks ago. They're like, "Oh, we're not going to get Ranger Raptor." Yeah, not in this generation. It's yeah. impossible.
0: Okay, then um, let's let's get back to this Navara. I've got a really stupid question to ask. Yes, there are um, no stupid
2: questions. Sammy. No, this is really dumb. <laughs> Only the stupid Navara, scorpions.
0: The Navara and the Frontier are separate products. Should they be? Um. Hey now. I mean, like, no, but honestly, why do they have these two different vehicles? And from what I understand, the Navarra, and, and your impression of the Navarra is, is positive. And I've heard very positive impressions of Navarra from other journalists as well. They like it a lot. Now, the Frontier is a different truck. It's a very, uh, what's the best word for it? Economical truck. It is. If you it's want the, a, it's <laughs> the elder
1: statesman of, the, of its segment.
2: Um, yes. But here's the thing. Like, so Frontier... Frontier was Navarra at one point. Mm-hmm. Um just that the Navarra moved forward. And in And the
1: Frontier was left behind and it's still well, being yeah. sold well, So like Frontier so, but... is kinda like a Navarra that kept its tail.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but the reason I mean part of the reason is look, we don't view Frontier as a premium truck offering here. Okay. It's a premium truck offering there. So they have more motivation to update the truck in Europe because otherwise people aren't gonna buy it. They're selling between seven and nine thousand frontiers a month in this country. Um, yes, there's huge incentive to spend on it, whatever, but they, 7%. they, but they've had the tooling paid for since George W. Bush was president. Yeah, so it's just it's just profit. At this it's point. just all profit. So there's not a lot of motivation. I mean, a new one is coming, but there's not a lot of motivation to really do that when the buyers that are looking at that truck now are the ones that want. The bargain truck and honestly if your argument is trucks are too expensive trucks are too um have too much advanced technology your trucks are too big like the frontier is the perfect truck for you right
1: um it's true or you could you know buy a ranger from like well 2006 or something sure <laughs> right.
2: but, but we look through the I, honestly um we look at the ranger through rose-colored glasses because the Ranger really wasn't that good. Well, was I don't know. Awesome. I mean, I I, I like the one I I owned one a couple was... of
1: years ago, and I, I, I it was fine for my purposes. But it, I mean, if you really want a very basic truck, I mean, that's the definition of very basic truck.
2: Right, I mean, but it's is the that. The frontier does
0: a good job because it's a it's a, it's a very cheap uh, truck body with a very decent V6 engine. If yeah, it's also yeah. a lot bigger than the Ranger.
2: Right, and it also has a warranty, which <laughs> if you're look if you're looking to buy, but if you're looking to buy. At the sort of newest that Ranger level. you can find. <laughs> no, if you're looking at the entry level of anything, odds oh. are money odds are money matters, right? Yes, I mean, money yes, matters to like... everybody. So, you know, a, a new truck with a warranty compared to uh, an older truck without one, I can see why people would want the warranty.
0: And this then balanced. and then, let's go from the, the Navara and talk about this Terra. Now, I haven't the heard Terra. much. I haven't heard much about the Terra because I think it's a fairly new product. Uh, it is. I think it came out this yeah, year, right?
2: It's, yeah, it's brand new. Um, I'm looking forward to the point where either Nissan kills it or changes the name on it so that I can call it the Nissan X Terra. Right. Um, Zing! Because I want to claim that and I want to get that in publicly beforehand that I'm writing that article that says X Terra on it. <laughs> um it's uh you know, it's a Pathfinder. I mean it, it really is fair to compare it, I think, to a pathfinder. Except it's it has not
0: an, an out it's not a former Nissan X Terra. Uh no. It's not a replacement for that. It's a replacement for the Pathfinder. So it's, it's kind a, well of big. no,
2: it's a it's an Asian market, like whatever. I don't know what it's replacing there. But okay. I'm using the Pathfinder reference to kind of give you an idea of what size and a vehicle we're sort of dealing with. So it's kind of big. Uh it's big err. Um, don't be don't
1: be modest, Chad. You can tell us how big no, it is.
2: <laughs> I mean I thought it was kind of small, but you know, I'm used to being yeah. American C Um but it's a it's a three row. Uh, I believe it was a three row, if I'm not mistaken. Um with a really cramped third row. Uh it has uh because it's Asian market, it has the uh stadium seating in it, so the middle row sits higher up than the than the front. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're at a movie theater or whatever. Um Does because... that mean that people in the
1: front two seats never stop talking?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, probably, right? Uh, uh, so it's I, it's never going to go to Europe. It's never going to go to the United States. Um, they're very clear on that. Uh, That's another it's an interesting,
0: interesting decision. They've got the, they've got product.
2: It feels fit really.
1: It feels any really. Any lineup, cheap. it does. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's I like, where good. was it? Where is it built? And like, how much does it cost to built ship it? In, in
0: China, right? China and Thailand. There's there's two assembly plants there. Um, it feels because great. there's so many of these like off-road rugged-inspired trucks coming or SUVs coming along. We've got the Blazer, we've got the new Bronco. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Back up,
1: whoa. back up the Blazer, there, my friend, because there is nothing rugged about that truck. It's a rugged nameplate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh you know I I want to I want to say we're talking about why are not they bringing the Terra? I think they might be trying to avoid what happened when they brought the the Echo Sport or Eco Sport uh right. to North America and everyone just panned it for being so far behind the the standard for the segment. But this is a
0: 2018 vehicle. It's a brand new vehicle. The the Echo Sport was old when they decided to bring it over here. Like it was insane.
2: The um the Terra, while it was extremely capable off road um it felt kind of cheap the n v h was not near as, as good as the other three vehicles there um it's definitely built for a price and it's built built for a particular target market and uh I didn't really care for it that much um and and
1: and I don't like to spread
2: rumors, but I've heard the Terra is haunted <laughs> I mean it might be um you know i rugged you know rugged nameplates and everything like that i it probably I mean, part of this program was i think to show to show us you know what globally they can do as a brand um and i just I, I think there's a lot of i think that we can get a lot from navara and and putting that into the context of what the next frontier will be um mm-hmm. but
1: what I, does I, that think mean? I i well i i mean it, the next frontier pickup sammy yes i <laughs> Not, not, the, final, not the final. What is it
0: frontier. What is it in the Navara that you want to see in this upcoming um, frontier, or just, what? What the build quality, or the design, or or what focuses do you see that they they'll be going after here?
2: I would love to see a higher trim Navara Frontier, whatever, similar to what we drove, um, except maybe except with the latest the latest tech, so the the newest infotainment, the um, Pro Pilot Assist for the you know, the level two, eight um, I mean, they've pretty much, they haven't quite said all that's coming, but I mean, it's, it's obvious that that's going to be coming. Um, I would like to see an offer road as the R2 kind of focused version, whether it's a, they can't, they can't use the name Arctic trucks here because nobody knows what it is. Um, but they do currently have a deal with icon. Um, oh, wow. And because you can buy, you can buy a front or not a frontier. You can buy a, a Titan right now with a three inch icon lift from the factory. Um, and it's all warranted and everything with your new truck. So they've already kind of got a relationship in place for that. I'd love to see kind of an icon, you know, slightly modified one for the top end.
1: Yeah. That's a fascinating partnership. Just even thinking about like what that means for icon.
2: Yeah. Um, so it'd be cool to see them exploit that. Uh, and I think icons, a name that a lot of North Americans understand. Um, Hmm. At least people in the that would be interested in the offered credentials of the truck.
1: Is that um, nameplate rugged enough for you, Sammy? Icon?
2: Uh yeah, it's getting there. Alright. Um but I I would also like to see, like, I'm really curious on how big the new truck's gonna get. Um, because this frontier this this Navarra didn't feel much bigger than the current frontier. I would have to look at the actual And
0: do you like that so Do you think that size is right?
2: Um, I think that's I think that's appealing because to, the other
0: tr- its competitors the Tacoma and the Colorado are are are, bigger. are bigger yeah they're bigger yeah. trucks
2: um I, I think that i th- the problem is those midsize trucks are now the size of full tr- size full size trucks of not too long ago mm-hmm. yeah. and i think part of the appeal of a midsize truck is to be able to park it in a garage and if the truck becomes too big to park in a garage then you lose sales <laughs> um because I don't think – because in a lot of ways, midsize trucks don't make sense in the U.S. You can buy a full-size truck for not that much more money or the same money or, depending on incentives, sometimes cheaper. So why is there a couple hundred thousand people a year gravitating towards midsize trucks?
1: Well, they are easier to park in a city if you live in an urban environment. And and that's actually something you – know, it's, it's kind of a good segue for what I wanted to talk about next because I, I spent a week with the uh, F-150 diesel from Ford. And one of my primary complaints about that truck was I had a lot of trouble parking it. And I grew up, I, I' have owned maybe seven or eight F150s in my life, and maybe the first four or five vehicles I owned were were F150s. but they were from the 80s and the early 90s, and I, I was living in a city and I had never had any issues with them. And now all of a sudden, you know, 20 years later, we're we're in a situation where the, the same segment is a real difficult thing to handle in an urban environment.
0: Uh, which motor did you have in this, uh, F-150 because the F-150 well, has... The so diesel, many...
1: the diesel has a diesel engine. Oh, my <laughs> mistake. Sorry. I didn't hear you.
0: This is, I, I was expecting you to say Power Stroke, but, uh, I didn't hear I that.
1: I don't, I'm not as much of a, of a, of a brand aware person as you are, Sammy. I know for you, it's all about Eco Diesel, Power Stroke, Blazer, Terra, X-Terra, um, Power Rangers, Voltron. And what, but, uh, uh, what was the output of this, uh, diesel engine in the diesel? So it's at 250 horsepower and 440 pound-feet of torque. And if you are keeping score at home, that is very, very close to the EcoDiesel from Ram, which is not currently available. Uh, but last year, it was available, and it it was 240 horsepower, so you're within 10, and then 420 pound-feet, and you're within 20. So it's very close. And if you look at the RPM, the Ford delivers both of those numbers a teensy bit lower.
0: How does it feel? Uh, does it feel very, very stout, rugged? Does it feel tough? Or it's it kind of feel...
1: like the kind of feels like the warm apple pie of diesel engines. Uh. Um, it's it's not really something. You know how when you drive a heavy duty truck and has the diesel and you really feel like the clattering and the mm-hmm. you really feel like you have a lot going on under the hood. The the the, the this half ton diesel from Ford, it's it's a much stealthier experience. It's not nearly as in your face. It's it, the power is not amazing um, from a driving perspective. Like you're not really leaping off the line. Yes, there's a lot of torque, but it's not the kind of torque that that spins your tires. It's the kind of torque that is it, essentially. It's not that kind not, of torque, people. No, it's 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 it'll it, it keeps you smooth around town. It has ten speed automatic transmission like pretty okay. much every F- F-150 these days. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a very, very smooth vehicle to drive. But there's one thing that's weird about this, and I think Chad can can speak to this because I know he's driven this vehicle too, is if you look at the tow rating of the diesel from Ford, it's actually not the best tow rating in the F-150 lineup. That's it's
2: interesting. A, so I think part of that comes to just the amount of engines you can choose from. Um, I... Th- I, I the I, I will second that you uh that the diesel is really quiet in the f-150 um i mean you can barely tell it's there um the diesel engine is the half ton diesel is really sort of a it's a combination play it's supposed to get you a little bit better fuel economy while while also not losing as much fuel economy when you tow so if you're somebody if you're somebody that tows a lot but maybe doesn't need a doesn't need a heavy duty truck um that's sort of what then this, you get a
0: titan xd don't you
2: well, uh, if, you know, well, some people do, sure. Um, but sales figures are a majority go for, you know, a half-ton diesel, like like the F one fifty or the Ram when it when they still offered it, which they barely offered it last year either because the EPA <laughs> had a had a major problem with them. So, yeah, know.
1: I think I I think if you want to max out the eleven thousand four hundred pound tow rating on the diesel, you have to get the two-wheel drive regular cab XL. That's right. the so it's version about minimal, minimizing weight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, gross, the gross vehicle weight rating, right? right? Like that's that's the big thing. So well, it's it's not it's not like with a with a heavy duty truck where you're picking the diesel to tow. It's 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 like Chad said. It's a more nuanced kind of approach to the market. But you know, um, fuel economy is something that Ford has really been pushing because they say they're getting 30, I believe it's 30 miles per gallon on the highway. That's the advertised uh, that's the advertised that rating. That's promising. And, and it's around 22 to 25 around town, uh, I believe. Um, uh, what kind and, of town? Oh, sorry, a it's 20. Town? It's 20 to 22 around okay. town. Like like uh, whose town?
0: Like a town like your town or what town? Our town. town. <laughs> okay. it's, it's like our town.
1: But I drove it for. I, I did not do a lot of highway in it. I, I had a pretty decent mix, probably like 30 percent, 35 percent highway. The expect, rest
0: was. We can expect 20 to 22.
1: Yeah, so I ended up with about 140, 150 miles on the truck. I got 15 miles per gallon. Mm. And that was. That's, that's not good. That's not great. Uh, it's cold. I mean, it wasn't as cold as it is now here in Montreal, but it was definitely hovering around the freezing mark. And that's not going to be good for any vehicle, let alone a diesel. Okay. But I was really surprised because in the past with the Rams Eco Diesel, I got very good fuel economy. Uh, In in all forms of driving. And I was kind of expecting that from Ford. And this... We were talking before the podcast. My father has a 2012... I think it's a 2012 F-150 with a 5-liter V8. And he gets 15 miles per gallon towing a race car on a trailer. Oh, my God. <laughs> so so it, it just seemed like expectation and reality were really different for me with this diesel. Chad, did you, did you have the chance to do any
2: fuel economy testing when you had the truck in your care? So well, the only time that I've driven it, honestly, was on the launch. Um, okay. And I got sort of what I expected, uh, which was in the low 20s. Um, okay. but we were in, um, we were in Denver and we were doing a lot of mountain stuff. So, you know, you'd get like 10 miles a gallon up the hill, but then you'd get 30 or 40 down the hill and it all averaged out to around 20. Um, the, 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 funny thing you were talking about, you know, how do you get those max tow ratings and max fuel economy and everything. A lot of times those both fuel economy and towing are tested with the, the rear wheel drive, the two wheel drive, uh, regular cabs. For, for the yeah. Loader. And
1: I, and I was in, I was in a, I was in a crew cab platinum four wheel drive.
2: So um it will I mean, you can there there may be individual ratings for it on like the fuel economy website but a lot of times when you see like a best in class number or you hear somebody say well our truck can tow 34,500 pounds like that's a very specific model that will do that um,
1: for sure it's 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 the same with you know compact cars as well there's there's sometimes even a model that's just built for fuel economy and it's a, it's a total stripper and you'll never right. find it on the lot um, I'm actually going to take a look right now at PhilEconomy.gov, uh, which is uh, has the listing for this pickup, and I will see if they have a special version of – what what my version of the truck was supposed to be rated at. But I would be very surprised if the combined rating would be 15. No, like, it's not. No, no, that number it, is low.
2: That number is slow. low.
1: But and I don't think I really have a lead foot because it, it's – I wasn't driving for excitement. Like, it's not – Not really what I was what I was trying to do with the diesel. I was I was just doing my daily type of driving. I didn't really haul anything in it either. I mean, I even took a break from hauling tires uh, (laughs) because Sammy says I've become a cliche, which is Uh, weird, because
0: of all times to be carrying tires it's now when the snow hits and you've got all these all this winter tires to to get to and from your 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 vehicles.
1: Yeah, but my vehicles are, I, I don't currently have a winter vehicle, and I just put away both of my summer vehicles, so they're, they're hibernating for the winter, so I'm, I'm in between right now and I have not had to move any tires. Oh my goodness. Okay. I, I know. But it's a I weird to, feeling. It is, that
0: is weird. So I want the, to bring up this um, fuel economy discrepancy because uh, about a month ago, I compared the Ram, the new Ram 1500 to a EcoBoost F-150, a 3.5 okay. liter EcoBoost. And, I mean, the EcoBoost is rated to get significant better fuel economy than the RAM but we never saw that in practice and after publishing the story and mentioning those the fuel economy numbers a number of readers and, and our audience were quick to point out that there's there's almost no way to get the, the the described fuel economy numbers on EcoBoost engines. So it seems like this trend is continuing. There's some I'd sort of say secret code that you've, gotta,
2: you've got to get. I'd argue that there's not no way um, but the, so how much like would like so, an average
0: driver right, so the, even with a 10 speed automatic eh
2: but with your but with your the people that are writing in um i would suggest that maybe like you don't know how they're driving and the thing right, with turbo and the thing with turbocharged engines and what you both understand and i'm sure a lot of these listeners understand as well is um when you're on boost you lose fuel economy right mm-hmm. but also yeah. boost is fun so if you if you start to get used to the torque of you know the torque or power of kind of putting your foot in it a little bit more than what you normally do, your fuel economy does suffer. Now I've driven a two seven when the two seven first came out, so that would have been still with I think the six speed auto, um, and I was able to get right around twenty three, twenty four for the week. But that was I mean that was work. Like you had to really make sure you're not really putting your foot into it. And I think the way people normally drive. I I think they use more boost than they think they are, mm-hmm. and I think that's where the number starts to drop off. Some where 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 we'll I forgot how to talk apparently when I was in Morocco, but where <laughs> the scorpion venom, Matt, it It's getting to it's you, and it's a slow burn. Yeah. <laughs> it is um, where you'll see the big drop in fuel economy is once you put a load in the back of the truck mm-hmm. or hook it up to a trailer, and then it just drops off the the face of the earth. So. It,
1: it, the other thing about um, approaching the F one hundred and fifty diesel from a fuel economy perspective is that it's not inexpensive to get this engine. It, it, it's about four thousand dollars if what? you want to go from if you're in a, uh, a, a lariat trim, which which comes with the two point seven EcoBoost V six. I think that's the lowest trim where you can add the the Power Stroke, and that, it's about four grand for that. And if you want to swap out, if you want to go from the five liter to the diesel, it's a it's three grand. Oh wow. And, yeah, so the the where this becomes more of an issue, uh, I, I want to break this down a little further. But you can get an EcoBoost V6, the three point five version, mm-hmm. for six hundred dollars on top of the of the five liter. So your choice is: I want to get three thousand dollars for the diesel or six hundred dollars for the three and a half liter EcoBoost. It, even on the Lariat, even on the Lariat, it costs less than half as much to get the three and a half uh, versus the diesel. The and uh, if you. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going I
2: was going to interrupt, but go ahead.
1: Well, it 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 comes down to how much fuel savings do you have to get to make up that $4,000 gap? Because we've established it's not necessarily going to tow better. All these trucks are going to tow fine. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's mostly a a fuel economy play. So the value part of the equation I think is kind of
2: questionable. The the diesel only makes sense. Um this is the Chad's professional opinion. That diesel engine only makes sense if you are towing regularly. Um, you, 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 is, think that it, you think that you think it
1: would that, it would have that much of an impact? And, is, and how much
2: yes. towing regularly? Like you you think like every weekend or? I would say probably every weekend, if not more often than that. Wow. So if you're towing a boat or something, because because honestly, every, like that th- that three every, and a half
0: day.
2: yeah, that three and a half liter uh, EcoBoost, like you hook a trailer up to it, and that 25 miles to the or you know 20 miles to the gallon that you're getting becomes eight or seven. Uh, yeah. You don't see that kind of drop off with the diesel. Um that's the reason why diesels are popular in the bigger heavy duty trucks too. Not just because of the torque and things like that, but because the fuel economy sort of stays consistent. Um but you do have to drive a lot to make up $4,000. I mean
1: and, and you know maybe maybe another the flip side to that too is if you abs if you have a very long commute and you absolutely have to do that commute in a in a full size pickup <laughs> then maybe the diesel would make sense like if you're if you have a 100 mile commute every day and it's highway and you're like i need to have a truck for reasons and you end up with the diesel you might be able to eke out um, that, that fuel economy difference and make back some of the money or, or maybe break even on it, you know, but that's a very specific situation. And one where you should probably have a car anyway, we're in a world where like 40 miles per gallon is the new 20 miles per gallon in a lot of ways. So it's, if you're choosing a truck, it's usually because you need the truck. Um, and I think in this case, you really have in that specific commuting case, you'd really have to ask yourself, do you need the truck?
2: Well, it also—I mean—if you're doing even that kind of commuting, uh, I would argue the two seven for the price savings that you get, you'll get close enough fuel economy that you yeah. you, you won't make up the three thousand dollars. Like it is a towing, it's a towing fuel economy engine is is really what it what it is. And um, part of it'll be interesting to see what Silverado. We know what GM does with their mm-hmm. their three liter diesel that's coming uh, next year, um, but because I th- I think with Ram. Uh, and I was just talking about this recently with some folks at Chevrolet. That I think the Ram, the reason why the Diesel kind of became popular was because when it first came out, there were three engine options. There was that Pentastar V6, there was the Hemi V8, and then there was the diesel. And the, the diesel delivered so much better fuel economy over that V8. Um, and it still made a good amount of torque. It felt like a really good truck engine. Um, yeah, it did. You know, it towed well enough and it just... It it felt like of those three engines, like that's the one I would have bought. Um even if it was priced a little bit higher. Uh with with Ford and with Chevy right now, they have six engines, six or seven engines to choose from. So you can really fine tune your truck owning experience.
0: That sounds like too much too many engines. Am I am I What are getting... you the engine police? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It sounds I, like I... a lot to choose from.
2: Half-ton truck buyers like that choice. I don't know why, but they do. Because, you know, there's no – if If you had a car, any car that offered you six different engines, like, we would be laughing at the at the company. Be like, that's too many. Like, people don't want that choice. They want to go in and, you know, pick the color they want and a certain option package. And then you have OEMs tell us that, you know, it's too expensive to offer all of these different options. You know, we bundle these, yeah. these things together and whatever. But for some reason, in half-ton trucks – more away with it, the, right? the more the more the better and
1: well I and also don't forget that a lot of these engine choices you get shepherded into them like by the trim level or the size of the sure. body the size of the right. box or the the bed sorry and uh the the body style the number of doors all this stuff like feeds into what you can actually come home with right. cuz like the the diesel you can't get it in an XL or an XLT unless you're a fleet customer correct um that's that's just how it is the, the version of the truck I drove was the limited which is the second from the top if you don't include the uh, no, no it's actually his platinum. position
2: you drove the platinum sorry yeah
1: you're right you're right I, re- I drove the platinum which is second from the top under the limited it's just over the raptor right. and uh it was comfortable um i'll be honest though doesn't feel like a luxury truck I uh, will... it starts at starts at fifty four thousand yeah. for for the base base model and then you add i guess another three or four thousand for the diesel so you're starting to look at a sixty five thousand dollar truck before
2: options the new the new plot or i'm sorry the new limited um, which is a one-engine only offering, which is the uh, Raptor engine. Um, yeah. They also upgraded the interior. A lot of the materials feel better, um, feel nicer. It okay. feels It feels more like the interior of a, a really expensive Ram, and that's a good thing. Yeah, um,
1: definitely, because I mean, in my mind, Ram is the segment leader yeah. for interiors. I don't know if, yeah. for full-size, I full-size I trucks. I
2: don't know if they're quite there, but the the new Limited is a lot closer than. Than Ford has ever been. So
1: yeah, it's like it, it's very hard to see the difference between a, 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 a flex, a lariat, and a platinum. I mean, the platinum just I'm sure incrementally you can point out the changes like the wood trim and stuff like that, right. but it doesn't blow you away. And it really should blow you away when you're paying that much more money because it, it starts to become a, a question between a lariat and the and the platinum. You're looking at at least ten
2: grand, right? And honestly, like the, the sweet spot for me in F one fifty right now. If I were buying a non Raptor, um, is a XLT or no? Sorry, an XLT, but a, a Lariat. Um, you know, pick your cab size; it doesn't matter. A Lariat four x four with the two point seven, and um, get like the adaptive cruise control and stuff like that. And you pretty much you have everything you want, and you're right around 50, 55. Um, Which is still so much money is to pay a for money. a truck.
1: I mean, it's it's like in my mind, I'm like, wow,
2: <laughs> it is a lot of money. But it's it's sort of like that. Get everything you want without, you know, spending a stupid amount of money. And the not that fifty isn't a stupid amount of money, but fifty is a stupid amount of money.
0: Um, actually, I want you to I want you to help me out with one more thing, Chad. And uh, I'm not sure we've we I don't think we talked about this before we started the podcast, but I actually saw that you published some stories on the new four cylinder turbocharged. Sierra, uh, sorry, Silverado.
2: You could say Sierra too, because it's no, getting that engine as well.
0: It's getting that engine as well. Well, let's say Silverado because that's what you drove. That's what I drove. This, is, this is a very interesting. This is the first time a a truck this size has gotten a, a an engine that, well, with four cylinders, right? Correct. Yeah. So what it's is a, the deal here? What what happened?
2: What's the deal with the four cylinder? Exactly. Um, <laughs> the uh, so in most of in all of Chevrolet's volume trims. So I think that's custom. I think that's RST, um, and then LT. Uh, I don't remember all the trims, but I'm pretty sure in those three, the base engine is no longer a 4.6 liter V6, but it is a 2.7 liter four cylinder, not to be confused with the 2.7 liter six cylinder. Yeah. In the Ford. Um, <laughs> So as long as you don't think about that, uh, this new base, I mean, this basically new base volume engine, um, I don't have the specs in front of me because you didn't say you were going to ask. I've got, but, I've got them. What do you need? Um, I've got 310, horsepower, and torque. Horsepower,
0: 310 yeah, so horsepower, 349 pound-feet of torque.
2: Which is a lot. Honestly, it's a lot um, for anything. Um,
1: Why can't we get this engine in the cruise? Just just putting that out
2: there. I want, ah, you know, want it in the uh, – I actually want it in the Colorado. Uh, but Yeah, sure. I think that makes a a good place for that. Um, it's it's actually really good. Um, the, it uses something called and I didn't want to get too technical in the auto guide article just because because I, you know their audience. Well, I, didn't, and I because
0: didn't want, I, I would have cut it anyways. I
2: didn't want, to, I, didn't want <laughs> I didn't want Jody's eyes to glaze over when she started reading about nerdy truck stuff. But um, it uses a, a dual volute turbocharger from Borg Warner, which basically volute. volute um but it's a dual volute um that basically controls how or the the air that goes into the turbocharger is more um disrupted it's it's not it, it's it's just yeah it's very just out of control air it's crazy air crazy air um as it goes into the turbocharger which helps it spool up faster so um TurboLeg is Almost non-existent, I would say that you can't tell, but I'm sure somebody out there will be like, oh, no, I can tell there's turbo lag. When they <laughs> initially had journalists drive this engine back in the summer, um, I was with that group for uh, for an article that went on com and they didn't tell us what we were driving. They just said, go and drive it. And then they, then they came back and asked us what it was, and nobody knew it was a turbocharged four-cylinder. Cool. So... I, I think, and that, then one of them pointed at you and said seven days," and then walked away, right? Correct. Yes. Wow, that's creepy. <laughs> um, that is really creepy. That stuff happens to me all the time. It's really weird. Um,
0: <laughs> is it, it better than a, a three-point-three-liter base V-six? Yeah. V6? Yes.
2: Yeah. So it's 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 better than Ford's base V-six for sure. Um,
1: I like the four-point-three from GM though. It's a good engine. It right? is.
2: It is. It is. Um, I like this one a little bit better. I, okay, I think cool. it's. Just, I think it's a good. I mean, I think it's a good base engine, and I, sort of the point that I was trying to to drive home with my very jet lagged writing for Auto Guide was, um, in the Ford, in the F one fifty, the price delta between the three point three liter and the two seven V six Eco Boost, is nine hundred and ninety five dollars. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. It's a no-brainer. You check that box every single time because that 2.7 liter is a peach of an engine, um, and it's so much nicer than the base 3.3. 3. And for the price difference, I mean, it, it's just gonna it's gonna reward you every day in drivability, in better towing. Yeah. Um, fuel economy is not gonna uh-huh. be worse. Like it's gonna be it, it's the box you have to check. It, Plus, Sammy could eat a peach all day. Sure. And, um. Oh, no, no face-off <laughs> references. Oh, and um. Anyways, continuing. In the Silverado, most of the people are going to spend again a thousand dollars to go to the 5.3 liter V8. Um, that will that will remain their volume engine. That's their prediction. But I don't feel like you need to check that box. Like if you want a V8, check it. A thousand bucks, who cares? But I think you could buy the four cylinder and be happy with it every single day as a truck engine that's uh,
1: i'd love to know what it's like to be happy i might just buy this truck just for that reason <laughs> um all right let's uh let's wrap it up this
0: week uh all trucks all the time on the hey. unnamed truck podcast and hey. scorpions hey and scorpions. Oh, yeah, scorpions
2: hey i know that we're probably running long but did you want to address all uh, the other commercial vehicles that we were going to talk about
1: no i think we're going to save that for another time yeah. oh. i think uh, <laughs> I know. Oh, it's there could only be so much commercial fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Actually, what we're, we're going to address a, 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 um, a listener question. Um, we'll do that next week. I just want to make sure that – what was the name of the uh, of the fellow who, who emailed us?
1: It was Corey. Corey. Corey,
0: Corey Actually, we got your email about all hey, of Corey? the commercial vehicles. We are definitely going to do our research and tell you what we have to say about these hey, things. Hey, Corey,
2: just buy a Transit, and then you'll be happy. No way, man! The sprinter. The sprinter <laughs> way
1: to spoil the question for. Wait to spoil the question for everyone who's not Corey. He's the only one who knows what the question
2: was. Now he has his answer. Okay. He has his
1: answer. Uh, if you enjoyed
0: this week's podcast, and I hope you did, especially because um, Chad was on this year, this week's podcast. You can listen to more of our podcasts um, over at unnamedautomotivepodcasts You can see all of our uh, latest episodes. You can. Uh, actually subscribe to our podcast using a variety of buttons on the on the top part of the website there. So if you use iTunes or Google Play Music or Google Podcasts or uh, Shoutcast or Spotify. I don't know Spotify and what else is there?
1: Pocket Well app. you can all yeah, you can find and, and if you're in your app, any of those apps, we are in there. It's we're on we're everywhere. We are ubiquitous. If you want to do a deep dive into our archives and find out what it was like when we were just getting to know each other on the podcast. And uh, see how tender those moments were. You could do that too.
0: When we were, yeah, when we were poking and prodding our way through the podcast, uh, the whole podcast
1: medium. Just trying to figure out who we were and where we fit into the world. How is, um, how is that different than now? Uh, uh. <laughs> it, it's it's a little less abrasive, oh, okay. I think. Uh, a little bit more love. If you want to get in touch with us, the easiest way to do that for me is on Instagram. I'm at hunting benjamin, or you can use email the old-fashioned way, which I guess is the digital equivalent of a smoke signal. Benjamin at benjaminhunting.com. If you want to get a hold of Sammy, he loves the cesspool. that is Twitter. You can reach him there at Sammy underscore hot like you're laughing. Chad, if people want to get a hold of you and harangue you for not bringing a scorpion home from Morocco, how
2: could they do that? I don't know if customs would have let me, but um, Twitter is a really good place, actually. Um, I mean, it is a cess- it is a cesspool of evil, but <laughs> but it's a Fun so of evil, um, and that would just be my name, which is at chad kirster c h a d k i r c h n e r and uh, and uh, chad, how do you know you didn't bring a scorpion home in your
1: clothing
2: that's um that's that's true, you, actually you have Uh-oh. to move now, you might have to move i'm gonna have to nuke my whole house from orbit just <laughs> that's the only way to be sure it is. <laughs>
1: It is. Uh, ne- next week, Sammy, what are we going to be talking about?
0: We have to talk about this Mercedes, the new Mercedes GLE class because it has this wild new suspension setup that I can't wait to describe to you.
1: Wow, that's okay. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be talking about the Kia Stinger, uh, but not the Kia Stinger GT. I'm going to be talking about the turbocharged four-cylinder version of the car, which is I've driven in the past, but this is the first week I've spent with it, the first substantial amount of time I've had with it. So I've got a lot to say about this car. Very cool.
2: And I'm going to be talking about, probably not on this podcast, but the Jeep Jeep pickup. Woo! Oh, the Gladiator. That's exciting. Are are you driving that soon, John? No, I don't. I don't know. But (laughs) I I know that it's the news is coming for the LA Auto Show because that's next week. So.
1: All right. Well, the mystery correspondent Chad Kirchner will be all over the gladiator. (laughs) So uh, thanks again for listening, everybody. And until next week, um, have a great one. Take care.